Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Transformation Radio. Create in me a clean, clean heart. Create in me a work of art. Create in me a miracle. Something real and something about 16 or 17 years old, started smoking weed, drinking a little bit, um, just partying really, just kind of a high school thing, 
uh, when I was uh, 19 years old. I joined the military. I served for a little while. Once I got out of the military, I just kept doing drugs, getting into harder things, um, still smoking weed, started doing pills, opiates, uh, Xanax, really anything I could get my hands on. It wasn't about till, uh, till about a year and a half ago that I uh, tried heroin for the first time. Um, I shot heroin for the first time and I was literally immediately addicted. Um, and it, uh, it really took my life down into a spiral. Um, I kept using, kept using. Um, I've got a daughter right now. She's a little over a year old. Um, and my life w wasn't getting any better. So um, I came to the refuge, and I found the refuge through, through my pastor. And it was awesome. Um, I've literally had full family restoration. Um, my family actually talks to me now. They actually believe in me. And it feels great. And I couldn't do it without God. Honestly, I really couldn't. Um, God has just been so, so good to me. Um, everything's just falling right into place. And uh, once again, my name is Corey Hilton. That's my testimony. And now it's time to look into the New Testament. Today's reading will come from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 24 through 48. Acts, chapter 10. 24 through 48. And here we'll see that Peter uses the keys for the third and last time as he opens the door of faith to the Gentiles. How wonderful is the providence of God! Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, was being prepared for his life's work, and Peter was about to break down the ancient barriers between Jews and Gentiles. Known to God from eternity are all his works. But God had to prepare both Peter and Cornelius. He spoke to Cornelius while he was praying and to Peter while he was relaxing. Be alert. <laughs> you never know when or where or even how God will speak. Be alert to the voice of God. You never know when he may have a word for you. Not so, Lord, Peter said, for I have never. Well, that was his response. And, of course, that kind of response leads to defeat. God was about to do a new thing, and Peter wanted to hold on to the old. Aren't we so often like Peter? We don't want God to do new things. But it's true, you cannot pour new wine into old wineskins. Lord, we pray that you would turn us into new wineskins so that you can do a new thing in us. Well, he calls him Lord, Peter does, but refuses to obey him. Yet God tenderly instructed Peter, and the apostle surrendered to his will. Peter didn't even get to finish the sermon. When he said, Whosoever believes in him will receive remission of sins, they believed and were saved. I mean, what a great way to stop a sermon. And with that, let's stop our commentary here and begin reading in the New Testament. June 16th, the New Testament. Acts chapter 10, verse 24 through 48. Then Peter and the other believers arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside, where many others were assembled. 
Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. Cornelius replied, Four days ago I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa, and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here, waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given you. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him to life on the third day. Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized, now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. And today we're reading in Psalm 134, verses 1 through 3. Have you ever given thanks uh, for the people who work at uh, the night shift? You know, were not for them, you'd have no electricity or water at night, no fire or police protection, or uh, no emergency service at the hospital. While you're asleep, others are serving, so be grateful. But do the people on the night shift give thanks? Perhaps not. The psalmist admonished the priests in the temple to give thanks as they served God and the people at night. It may have been a lonely ministry, but it was an important ministry. Your high priest in heaven intercedes for you day and night. He never grows weary or impatient. Have you told him that you're thankful for his faithful ministry? Are you willing to be like him and serve others, even on the night shift? Psalm 134, verses 1 through 3. 
a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. Oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, you who serve at night in the house of the Lord. Lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. Proverbs 17, verses 9 through 11. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. A single rebuke does more for a person of understanding than a hundred lashes on the back of a fool. Evil people are eager for rebellion, but they will be severely punished.
tried to figure it out Time and time again And time again I guess there's just some things I'll never understand Cause your ways aren't our ways But deep down in my soul Down in my soul There is one thing I know that I know Yeah, I'm in over my head I'm right where I wanna be I'm so lost within your love The love that always covers me So high, so deep, so wide A strong and cleansing tide My soul has found a place to rest I'm in over my head I've been holding on And now I'm letting go Just letting go Gonna let your love carry me away I don't know where I'm going But I'm surrounded by the truth And I can feel the current pulling me Bobby Banner, I'm 27 from Chillicothe, Ohio. I'd just like to take a moment to uh, give an affirmation and just affirm um, Travis Griffin for um, coming down and overseeing in second phase in Lancaster, walking with us and not above us, um, personally being my mentor and just uh, having encouraging words and just wise words for each and all the guys. You know, if we ever have a problem, we can take it to Travis. And, uh, you know, this is... He's put there by God, and it's just awesome to have him down there sort of 
Today is the first reading in a 10-part series, The Top 10 Distinctions Between Dream Fulfillers and Dream Killers by Keith Cameron Smith. So distinction number 10, dream fulfillers are finishers, dream killers are starters. What is your dream? Do you take time to think about your dream every day? Few people do. One of the biggest reasons for this is distractions. Sadly, many people have either not started to pursue their dreams or are sidetracked by distractions when in pursuit of their dreams. Distractions are inevitable. They are a part of pursuing your dreams. Everyone has distractions in their lives. Learning to deal with them and staying focused is a secret to seeing your dream fulfilled. Dream fulfillers are finishers because they have learned how to deal with distractions. Dream killers start toward their dream but they allow distractions to stop them from taking consistent action. Consistency is a key to victory. If you only pursue your dream occasionally, you will eventually quit pursuing it. How can you deal with distractions? What I'm about to tell you may sound too simple, but if you haven't discovered this yet, it will transform your life and help you get back on track with your dream. One of the best ways to deal with distractions is learning to say no. A distraction is something that is not in alignment with your dream. By saying no, you can stay focused on your dream. Saying no to distractions is an absolute must if you're going to see your dream fulfilled. Learning to say no will strengthen your focus and increase your clarity. Always remember, clarity is power. It is powerful to finish what you start. If you allow distractions to steal your focus, then you will kill your dream. Focus is the opposite of distraction. Staying focused simply means consistently saying yes to the things that are in alignment with your dream and no to the things that are not. Dream fulfillers are finishers because they stay focused. What you do when you have a distraction, what do you do when you have a distraction that you can't say no to or when there is something you can't ignore? The answer is to handle it as quickly as possible. Do not let distractions build up on you, because if you do, you will kill your dream. Procrastination is a terrible enemy of dream fulfillers, but it is a friend of dream killers. Allowing distractions to stack up can lead to to overwhelm, which leads to shutdown. Say no when you should and immediately take care of the things that must be done. These two simple rules will help you become a dream fulfiller. You must learn to handle distractions because they lead to disappointment. Hear me clearly. Allowing distractions to build up will lead to disappointment. When you find yourself disappointed, immediately reappoint yourself to your dream before you get discouraged. It's okay to be disappointed, but it's not okay to be discouraged. If you have allowed yourself to become discouraged, then it's time to encourage yourself. It is your responsibility to encourage yourself. It is nice when others encourage you, but if you sit around waiting for someone else to encourage you, you will spend a lot of time stuck in a rut. If you spend too much time stuck in a rut, you'll end up in depression. Did you notice all of the words start with the letter D? Distractions lead to disappointment. Disappointments lead to discouragement and discouragement leads to depression. 
Most people are totally unaware that they ended up in a depressed state because they never learn how to handle distractions. Don't let distractions and your disappointments get you off track. Be a finisher. Say no to everything that is not in alignment with your dream. Things that you can't say no to must be handled as quickly as possible. Do not let distractions build up or you will become discouraged. If you do become discouraged, find a way to encourage yourself. If you have allowed yourself to be discouraged for so long that you are now battling with depression, then get focused on your dream again and restart taking action. Dream fulfillers have to restart themselves toward their dream hundreds and even thousands of times before they finish what they started. Every distraction, every disappointment, every discouragement, every battle with depression is just a temporary stop for dream fulfillers. They get started again as soon as possible. Dream killers start and stop and don't get restarted. Dream fulfillers start, stop, and start again many, many times. Restarting is the difference between a goal setter and a goal achiever. A lot of people have set goals and never achieved them simply because of one of those negative D words. I'm now going to share a positive D word with you that makes all the difference. Diligence. Diligence is the ability to start, stop, and start again. Diligence is the ability to stay focused and take consistent action. Diligence is the commitment to your dream that will cause you to work hard and carry you through to completion. Diligence is one of the primary characteristics of all dream fulfillers. It is a must-have to be a dream finisher. Diligence is a decision to work hard and do whatever it takes to achieve your dream. It is a commitment to make your dream come true in spite of the inevitable distractions and disappointments. Diligence empowers dream fulfillers to persevere. Diligence and perseverance empower you to be a finisher. Perseverance is the power to endure tough times. Perseverance is fueled by a belief that your dream is possible and it is worth all the stuff you must go through to get it. Without perseverance, without the belief that your dream is possible and it's worth everything you are going through, you will become a dream killer. You must dream it and believe it to achieve it. Dream fulfillers are believers. Dream killers are doubters. Believing enables you to finish. Doubting causes you to stop after you started and not get restarted. Believe in your dream and you will develop diligence and perseverance and will overcome all the distractions. Disappointments, discouragements, and depression. Don't be a starter who becomes a quitter. Be a finisher. Dream fulfillers are finishers. Dream killers are starters. Tumbling
Welcome to day seven of our Daring Faith devotions. Faith equals love plus trust plus action. And let me begin by reading John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command, Jesus said. The word obey often has negative connotations today. We view obedience as a, as a forced, unwilling decision to do something we don't want to do because we're afraid of punishment. But that is not the kind of obedience that God wants from us. Obedience, it's not about being afraid of God. It's about being in a loving relationship with God. And so Jesus says here, if you love me, you obey what I command. Obedience comes from knowing that God loves you and loving him in return. Out of that love comes trust. If you know that God loves you and you love him, then you'll trust what God is saying to you. And then that trust leads to action. Love plus trust plus action. This is the essence of living by faith. We believe God loves us and we love him back. We trust what he tells us, and that leads us to live the way that God wants us to live. Love without action is just mere talk, and action without love is just rote religion. 
Think about the story of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. He wasn't convinced that Mary was telling the truth about how she became pregnant. But an angel of the Lord told Joseph to believe her. The baby would be the savior of his people. Joseph accepted the truth because of his relationship with God. He knew that God loved him, and he loved God. And so he trusted God, and he made the choice to do what God asked him to do, even though he didn't understand what was happening. And that choice changed everything. Now, think about this. In an instant, Joseph's whole world was turned upside down. And because he loved God, trusted God, he obeyed God. Joseph stepped into the destiny that God had planned for him. Faith equals love plus trust plus action. Do you love God? Do you trust him? Then take action. Do what he tells you to do. Let's pray together. Our Father, we don't want to obey you out of fear. We don't want to obey you out of rote religion. We know that our obedience has to flow from our love for you. And it begins with your love for us. So knowing that you love us, I pray that right now, even in these few moments, you'd speak into our hearts a deeper sense of trust in you than we've ever had before. We can trust you because you're the one who loves us the most. And out of that trust, I pray that we'd have the power, the strength to obey you, to do what you ask us to do, because we know that you love us. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.